When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. The top five lessons that we'll learn from the next economic collapse. That's the topic of this video today. You know, in the title, we, I should clear up exactly who we is. Because I'll be honest, as I go through this list, it might seem a bit like I am uh, preaching to the choir here. You guys are already on board with a lot of these lessons. Those of you that have subscribed to my channel for a long time now or have been part of this this uh, alt media or alt financial media, you've already learned these lessons or you're in the process of learning these lessons. However, you know, it's my hope that as the economy falls apart, as as pension funds, retirement funds, the stock market, currencies collapse, that a lot of people will wake up to these truths, that they'll learn these lessons. I mean, I'm a realist. I understand that it might not be a majority opinion, that a majority of people very well might continue to turn to things like fiat currency, central banks, paper assets, socialism in its in its various forms, um, and and sure that's going to happen. And then there's going to be other people that choose to just totally remain ignorant to all of this. They, they they don't necessarily gravitate towards towards central banks or or fiat or or anything like that. They just don't want, they don't care about it. They don't want to learn. They don't want to educate themselves about it even though um, doing so may have well saved them from from losing their retirement or losing their job or whatever, losing their house. Um, but they'll choose to, to remain ignorant. Uh, but I, I do hope that there, there will be a large amount of people that wake up, right? There already has been an awakening. I mean, look look at this channel that I have, right? It's still relatively small, I'd consider it. But it has more than just two subscribers, you know, a different account of mine and then like my wife's YouTube account or something like that. No, people have woken up, you know, over 11,000 subscribers, but it's got to go mainstream or at least more popular than what it is right now. Um, and I believe that it will. People will learn these lessons. So um, getting into this list, this is in no particular order of importance. So I'll just start off with number one on this list. I think people will learn that our current system is even more flawed than we can imagine. I think a lot of people already see that it is flawed. For example, you know, especially people that have been around for a long time, they understand the idea that if you have a lot of money in the bank, there is, or a small amount, it doesn't matter, there is the outside possibility, even if they dismiss this possibility, that that money may not be there tomorrow. That bank may not be open tomorrow. Because we've seen so many stories of, of economies collapsing around the world where one day banks are open and the next day they just aren't and they don't open again. And all of the money that was held in that bank is, for all intents and purposes, gone. Banks can use that money to bail in, right? Um, there, there's such thing as, as run on the banks. All of those things exist. And, and people, you know, they, they dismiss the possibility of it happening, but they know that it has happened. You know, I think a lot of people, maybe the younger generation hasn't. But it goes so much deeper than that, right? That's why I said our current system is even more flawed than we can imagine, right? So people will say, you know, that cash in the bank, sure, it's not totally safe in, in the event of a bank collapse. Well, how about that money in your pension fund or your 401k 
or your IRA, your stock market portfolio. None of that is safe. And if things get bad enough, it very well could disappear just as quickly as your bank account. You know, Lynette Zhang recently made a, recently made a video, a, a very bright individual uh, over on the, the YouTube channel, um, ITM Trading. And, and, and she made a great point here. She was talking about investment fund families. And, and you know, I, I will admit I myself have to do a little bit more research into how all of this works. But there's different funds of families. So, for instance, like the Fidelity family of, of funds or or Vanguard, you know, um, uh, I think she was talking about those two ones specifically. But, but you know, these different funds have, have high amounts of risk or low amounts of risk, right? There's emerging markets and, and tech stock funds and, and mutual funds and, and short-term government debt funds, etc. And I think that's the one that she gives an example, short-term government debt as being a relatively safe fund, right? But the point that she made is that the way these investment fund families are set up is that in many ways they're all interconnected and the least risky fund in a worst case scenario is as risky as the riskiest fund, the most leveraged fund. That's a scary thought. That means that that it's not just going to be people losing money from from their bank account. Their, Their entire retirement funds could drop and not just because the stock market or real estate market or bond market is dropping in value. That's going to happen as well. But, but I'm talking about a total um, what, wiping out of, of people's retirement funds, right? An over-leveraging and then and, and all of a sudden one day those accounts just don't exist anymore. I mean, that's what you get when you have a highly leveraged system, a highly interconnected system, a massive derivative market worldwide. That's what you get. And, and I think people will learn that lesson. The, the, what I'm talking about right now is... is just inconceivable. It will not exist. It is not a possibility in the minds of many people. But if you look at the details, if you look at the facts of the matter, it absolutely is possible. So that's number one on the list. Number two, and and you know, if I were to rank these in in in, in I guess level of importance, this next one would probably be one of the most important ones on the list. Everything comes at a price. What do I mean by that? Primarily, what I'm talking about is governments, consumers, corporations that have binged out on debt. Overly, I guess, uh, leveraged, taking on, taking on too much debt, you know, <laughs> whether before the, the Great Recession or after the Great Recession. We have a ton of debt in our system. A, a great example would be, would be something like China's economy, right? China's uh, economy has experienced a ton of growth since the Great Recession, but a lot of it has been fueled by more and more debt. Not to say that any debt, debt at the corporate or the, the sovereign level um, should not be taken on. Sure, there's certainly a place for that. Even at the consumer level, there's a place for debt. But, but what we have today is excessive debt, way too much debt, and it's going to come at a price. And so that's what I mean when everything, when I say everything comes at a price, people will learn this lesson that taking on way too much debt in order to, to fuel their lifestyles or fuel greater economic growth, to, to um, spend on, on all these, these uh, lucrative, extremely expensive government programs, those things will come at a price, right? It, it, that, that price will be different from person to person. It might mean uh, foreclosing on their house, their car, etc., going into bankruptcy, for corporations, it might mean total default on, on all their obligations and, 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 again, heading into bankruptcy court. And and for the government, 
it's going to mean uh, rising uh, interest rate payments interest rate that eventually very well could exceed the entire you know tax revenue of the u.s government the entire gdp of the united states it's unheard of right now but but it very well could happen as well as hyperinflation right more and more debt eventually will have to be monetized it already has been monetized that's going to be more and more inflation everything comes at a price so you have two options right Economies have two options. Take on a ton of debt now and get a lot of economic growth now and pay a very large price later or go about things at a slower pace. Don't take on as much debt. And sure, the price for that is not as much economic growth right now, but the the rewards that are yielded later on are much more stable, much more long-lasting. This is a great lesson for individuals uh, throughout their own life, uh, a lesson that I need to take to heart from time to time, you know, I've been very open about about my uh, uh, you know ongoing issue with 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 student loan debt. You know, being a grad student, you know, it's not fun talking about these things. And I, and I wish I'd woken up. I, I wish I'd learned these lessons before I had um, gone into college, right? So I could have taken a different path. Uh, yeah, here I am. But people will learn these lessons that everything comes at a price. Same thing goes for for monetary policy, quantitative easing. Printing trillions of dollars to prop up the system or lowering interest rates to 0% or, or into the negative realm. People will learn that that will come at a price. That what central banks did in 2008 and following 2008, what central banks continue to do today, banks like the Bank of Japan or, or the European Central Bank with, with printing all this money in the form of quantitative easing, that's going to come at a price. Whether it be massive amounts of inflation um, people altogether just just leaving things like the bond markets or the stock markets because they realize they're fake. People will wake up. These things uh, will, will not come free. Uh, they will come at a price. Next one on this list. If you don't hold it, you don't own it. And this one kind of goes back to, to all that talk about 401ks and IRAs and pension funds and, and even just you know cash in the bank in, in digital form. If you don't hold it, you don't own it. No asset is safe if there is counterparty risk, right? If you have physical silver or gold in your own possession, there is no counterparty risk. The only risk you have is taking a loss on that when you decide to sell that, right? The 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 value of that in purchasing power or or in fiat terms can decline of that silver and gold. But otherwise you don't really have counterparty risk. But you absolutely have counterparty risk for, for the stocks that, that you're paying um I don't know, a various uh, stockbroker, online stockbroker or something like that to, to buy for you or sell for you, right? In many ways, you very well might not own those stocks. I hate to say it, and it sounds like conspiracy theory to a lot of people, but that's a way a lot of the world is set up today, that, that through loopholes, through agreements that, that you oftentimes will sign off on, you do not necessarily own those stocks. I've even heard people say in the past, you know, if you're going to buy stocks, Get the certificates. If you're investing long-term, get the certificates because otherwise it might not be safe, right? Um, same thing goes for, for you know, precious metals, right? If you're buying the paper form, you know, GLD, SLV, buying them on the COMEX, if you don't hold it, you definitely don't own it in that format. Even if you're, if you're paying some company to store your silver or gold in a, in a, a vault, right? Even allocated um, uh, vault or, or whatever custodian accounts. Um, still, if, if I've I've heard too many stories of, of just some shady practices by those companies, right? If things go down quickly enough, um, again, if you don't hold it, you don't own it. There's 
that that asset for all intents and purposes is gone. And and I think this is another lesson that people will learn that that the idea of digitalizing all of our assets maybe wasn't such a great idea after all because of the counterparty risk that is associated with it. Uh, number four in this list, so that's one, two, three. Number four in this list, debt matters after all. This one kind of goes back to, to that everything comes at a price, but but I put this as a separate one on this list just because it's so pervasive in our society today. The idea of the sovereign debt, again, this is something people are aware of, that the U.S. debt currently exceeds $21 trillion dollars. A massive number that, that, that people just cannot wrap their mind around. And, and oftentimes people will say, you know what? People have been talking about doom and gloom about the national debt for years now, for decades now. But it hasn't caused anything to happen yet, so it doesn't matter. Well, first of all, yes, it has caused things to happen, right? Um, the, the debt at times was high enough that the Fed had to step in and buy bonds to monetize that debt, Right. Um, right now, we're, we're seeing the effects of, of more and more bond issuance in emerging markets. And there's been real-world effects of this debt, um, but but believe me, this is this is just the beginning. People will realize that that debt matters, after all. In that many ways, the entire U.S. economy has been set back by by the massive amount of debt that the U.S. government has accumulated. Because going forward, in the next economic collapse, the U.S. government is going to spend a ton of money. They're probably going to be taking in less money through taxes. That means huge deficits. I'm talking about $2 trillion, $3 trillion, $4 trillion a year. It sounds unheard of, but you know we're already coming up on $1 trillion deficits. And, and you know somehow that, that has to be paid for, either through bonds, which means extremely high interest rates if, if they're going to print a ton of bonds, or they can print a ton of bonds and, and the Fed can, can buy all those bonds and monetize the debt, and that means a ton of inflation. But it's going to matter, right? It's just a matter of time. In terms of, 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 of you know, risk and volatility and whatnot, you know, right now, people just don't care, right? The, the, the markets just don't care a whole lot. They're dismissing the risk of a debt field crisis here in the United States. But it will happen. And, and believe me, this is not just a problem at the sovereign level. Debt at the corporate, at the consumer level, people will soon realize that that massive accumulation of debt matters, that our entire economy has been fueled by that that growth of that debt, but that at some point, more debt will will not equal more economic growth. Right? We'll hit that Minsky moment, and debt will matter after all. It's this is not going to be something that's localized to the U.S. economy. This will happen in China. This will happen in Europe. Um, but but I think it's one important lesson that we should all learn before it's too late, um, and certainly a lesson I hope many people learn in, in the next economic collapse. Uh, number five on this list, central banks are not our friends. And, and people will approach this one from varying angles. And that's fine, right? That's fine. I, I just hope that they come to this conclusion that central banks are not our friends. But, you know, there will be different angles on this. Either A, you know, some people will say, you know what, central banks, they, uh, they're flawed, right? The idea of an entire economy being, being managed by a handful of people that consider themselves experts because of, of, of some fancy degree or something like that, um, it's a bad idea because of how many times they've been wrong, how many times they've screwed up, and, and, and the fact that they can be blamed for, for a lot of what will happen in this eventual collapse, Right? That's the bare minimum that I hope people realize that central banks, the idea of, of an economy and things like uh, these massive interest rates or the, or the power to print money, 
that that should not be managed by a handful of people, right? That, that's a bare minimum. But, you know, you can go much, much further than that, right? You can come to the conclusion that central banks are, are part of a much larger conspiracy to, to uh, control the world, right? You can say that they're owned by the Rothschilds or, or whoever, the Rockefellers, or, you know, these, these huge um, ancient families, as far as we're concerned, uh, that, that have, have controlled markets, controlled economies for so long. I'd love if people woke up to that. Or if they just realized that, hey, central banks, you know, being run by people, um, maybe these people aren't associated with, with these these secret organizations or, or these families or whatever, but maybe they do have an ulterior motive, a, a, a um, unsavory motive of facilitating a massive transfer of wealth from, from the poor to the wealthy. I mean, for all this talk of recovery since 2008, have you looked at the wealth gap? Are, are, are we going to ignore central banks as a potential cause of that? Right? Socialists will say, you know what? The rich are not getting taxed enough. There's too many tax breaks, tax loopholes. Um, corporations are, are um, in bed with the government, which is true, by the way. It's absolutely true. I don't think the solution is to, 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 um, to confiscate the rich's wealth or anything like that. I, I think the solution is to give government less and less power so, so corporations don't necessarily have, have the power of the government to, to kind of legislate how they want them to. Um, but central banks are a huge factor in, in why the, the um, wealth gap has, has continued to widen, right? And this is one of the things that I've talked about in the past, you know, of all the things that cannot be fixed by printing another trillion dollars by central banks, you know, there's inflation, right? That's always, always a uh, concern with printing money. Um, there is a fracturing of, of elites from country to country, east versus west, right? They're not always going to see eye to eye. Uh, but also there is the wealth gap, right? You can print more and more money, but, but ultimately that's going to lead to a larger and larger wealth gap. And, and ultimately people are going are gonna to rise up, right? They're going to say, you know, the, the bottom 50%, 80%, 90%, 99%, have less wealth than the 1%. There's something wrong here. Now, again, going back to the beginning of this video, a lot of people will choose socialism at that point. They'll continue on the path that they've been they've been moving down for a while now. But my hope is that enough people will realize the solution is not confiscation or or, or massive taxes or something like that or or, or all altogether, you know, communism. Let's just let's just get rid of central banks, right? That that is too much power for a handful of people. Or, or a few dozen people to, to wield. And that in the past, not only have they been wrong time and time again on the economy, not only have they blown up these massive bubbles that they've uh, proceeded to pop or are allowed to pop, um, but, but they've also facilitated this massive transfer of wealth. And we need to do away with this system. You know, This is a big lesson that I hope people learn in the next economic collapse. But hey, I'd love to hear from you guys down below in the comment section. Add a couple of things to this list. What other lessons will or are you hoping people will learn in the next economic collapse. Um, let me know down below in the comment section. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video and God bless.